Hello, lifers. This is Heather Drew, and this is the Life in the Whirlwind podcast. So last night, when I typically record my podcast, uh, I went to an Iraqi dinner instead. And so I came home and I didn't really feel like recording an episode. So this is coming to you a day late. I hope you can forgive me. It was worth it. Uh, had a great time with some of my lovely students. So today is episode 53, and today's episode is called There Actually Is Something About Mary. <laughs> I've been wanting to do this episode for so long. Uh, I'm sure you all remember there's a movie from the 90s called There's Something About Mary. Maybe it was the early 2000s. Um, but I always think of, whenever I think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, I always think of how great a title that would be. There actually is something about Mary. Because she's pretty amazing, the mother of Jesus. And uh, I've always really revered her and found her incredibly interesting and yeah, just fascinating. I just find her to be a very fascinating human. And I have a lot of thoughts about her. Um, when I taught my class, I was teaching counseling and theology class at my school this semester, which I've mentioned a few times. But one of the things as I was reviewing this sort of older book on the incarnation, which is this, you know, flesh delivery of God that is Jesus, uh, it's called On the Incarnation by St. Athanasius. And one of the things that there's this line in this book where he talks, where it, literally St. Athanasius just says something quite simple, but mind-blowing. He says something like, uh, God, you know, made him, formed himself from the body of the virgin. It's just kind of interesting. Like, who is this woman? this young girl at the time, you know, she's probably in her teens. And um, who's this girl who's having Jesus? You know, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty, you know, no matter where you stand on the whole religion slash spirituality stuff, I can say that, you know, this is a fascinating story, I think, regardless. It's an interesting story. So I won't go into the, these big details, but I kind of want to talk about why I think Mary is so interesting. One of the reasons I think she's so interesting. And I've been thinking about her a lot because it's Advent. And so I think about, you know, I sort of consider how as we, you know, those of us who celebrate Advent and this sort of movement toward Christmas, which is when we celebrate Jesus's birth, or we celebrate Christmas, depending on who we are. Um, you know, it's kind of this build up to this space, right, where he's born, this memory, you know, this day of remembering his birth. And that's only the smallest smidgen of what this must have been like for Mary. It's her, the level of anticipation, the level of strangeness that this story has you know, it's become so ordinary sometimes. And I think if we look at it and we actually pay really close attention to it, it's very not ordinary, it's very extraordinary. So, um, 
this past week, I went to this group that practices a spiritual practice called Lectio Divina. And all it really is, is you read a piece of scripture and it's read four times. And each time you sort of focus on something different. It's this ancient spiritual practice. It's a very contemplative practice. And um, the way I like to think of it is this. The first piece of it is, you know, you the first reading, it's read. And all you do is you just think about the words. You just kind of notice what words stand out to you, what words um, you resist naturally, that kind of thing. And then the second reading, then there's four minutes of silence. And then the second reading, it's read again, the exact same thing, the exact same way. And this time you sort of chew it and like pull it apart. Like, what is this saying to me? What am I noticing? It's deeper. And then the third, and then there's four minutes of silence. And then the third reading is um, what I like to call like the savoring. So it's this you're really thinking about what it's inviting you to do. Like, what is this story inviting you to do? And then there's four minutes of silence. And then uh, the fourth reading is uh, kind of focused on what what to do with this next. Like, um, it's sort of the application type thing um, or anything else that sort of stands out to you. So I'm doing a very not great job. I'm not doing a great job of explaining this. And it doesn't matter. Just look up Lectio Divina if you want to. It's really an, an interesting practice that I like to do. But I went to this group where it was led by a spiritual director. And we studied, uh, we read, the reading was from the book of Luke. And it's the story of, you know, Mary finding out that she's going to be the mother of Jesus. And she doesn't even know what that means, yet, obviously. But what's so interesting about it is when I, when we, I've been thinking about this so much, and then we did the Lectio Divina practice about Mary, and it struck me more than it ever has how fascinating a person she is, first of all, and second of all, what kind of role she plays in history. Even if you, like, remove the spiritual pieces, or, like, you know, the religious pieces, because you can't really remove spiritual pieces of anything, in my opinion, because I think everything sort of has these spiritual undertones. But I want to share some of these things with you that I noticed that are just really, really interesting. So um, I'm not going to share bit by bit, but I'm just going to share these pieces that were interesting to me. But first, I'm going to read you the story. I'm just going to read it through once. Okay. This is Luke 1, verses 26 to 38. So if you can, if you happen to be able to, feel free to close your eyes and just let the words wash over you. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that was Mary's cousin, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could possibly mean. 
Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. The things that I would like to relay to you that stood out to me and that I wanted to talk about why there really actually is something about Mary. She is such a real, authentic human in this story, if you really look at it carefully. What's interesting is there's this pattern that I see, and this is a pattern that I'm pretty aware of in general. But here's one of the things that's really interesting. So she goes from, she starts with, there's this, this is the pattern I want to point out to you. She starts with feeling troubled. Like it says confused and disturbed. She was confused and disturbed thinking, what could this person, what could this angel possibly mean? So what did she feel disturbed about? I don't know, but I can't help but notice the sentence right before that. The angel says, well, first of all, angels are not these like delicate creatures. They are apparently, so it is told that um, they're pretty, uh, what's the word? Shocking, um, arresting. They sort of just stop you in your tracks because they're so, you know, there's a light issue. They're really bright. Um, So it says, so the story goes. I've never seen one myself, so I couldn't tell you. But what's interesting is what he says, Gabriel, uh, who's, yeah, who comes to her, he says, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. So first of all, favored woman and the Lord is with you, that in and of itself is probably very confusing and disturbing to her. Like, first of all, why is this angel or whatever, did she even know it was an angel? Who knows? Why is this angel or whatever, this bright person coming and saying to me that I am a favored person and that the Lord is with me. Why is this, you know, she's kind of like, she has like street smarts. She's like, what do you want? (laughs) You know, it's like very, it's a very appropriate response. She's like, what could this person want? So that's her first response. And then he sort of gives his little spiel here. This is going to happen. And then she says, okay, but how is this going to happen? And she kind of asks, I think it's an interesting point that she says how, not why. So a lot of times I think our questions often 
begin with why. Like, why is this happening to me? We often say that when things are really hard, right? Why is this happening? But instead, she's like, okay, this thing's going to happen, apparently. How is this going to happen exactly? And there's there's this mix of, it's a sort of tension of opposites. There's a specific receptivity to her. She's like open to receive something. Because she's saying, like, how is this going to happen? But she also is telling it like it is. She's like, I'm a virgin. <laughs> like, in case you don't know, this is very weird. And this is very confusing and disturbing, right? Not only are you saying I'm favored when I'm really kind of a nobody, but also I'm a virgin and you're telling me I'm going to have a baby. So she's she's sort of like going toe-to-toe with this angel to some degree. I think that's gorgeous. And um, I'm sort of pro-woman, so I think that's gorgeous, especially. But um, what I love about her question is, you know, there's a receptivity to it at the same time, even though she's she's going toe-to-toe with this somewhat terrifying being, apparently. And then, so she's troubled, confused, disturbed. Step one. Step two, how is this going to happen? I'm going to receive this here, I guess. Um... She has a hospitable womb, I suppose. Um, And then the third part is she says very clearly, like, okay, I am, I'm here. I'll do it. I'll show up. Um, May it all, may it be true. And that shows an incredible, like, she really doesn't have any answers. She says, how's this going to happen? And then he basically says, the Holy Spirit is going to make you pregnant. And it's going to be a really holy process, sacred process. And also your cousin Elizabeth, who's very old and barren, she is going to have a baby too. And that's not giving any answers. That's really not explaining anything to her. It doesn't answer her question, how is this going to happen? It's just very confusing, even more so. And yet she's kind of like, okay, I guess I'm going to be doing this. Okay, Uh, may it be so. There really is something about her I find so intriguing. And here's the part that I just can't. So that's the sort of like three-part formula of great things, by the way. The way I see this, like in in the Bible, I'm very intrigued by the patterns that I see. This is kind of what I look for when I read the Bible. I look for the patterns of development and like the way things work. And I just see this formula of like troubled. How is this going to happen? Okay, I'm your servant. We see this with Jesus. We see it with the Apostle Paul, who writes a lot of the New Testament. We see this with Moses. If you've ever seen Prince of Egypt, this is classic burning bush moment. Um, So it's really fascinating. So that's sort of this fascinating formula. But let's talk more specifically about Mary and why she is so something. As I was digesting this story when I was practicing Lectio Divina last week. I was thinking about, for whatever reason, whatever, what kept coming to my mind was this sentence. This is for everyone. It was like I could see this picture in my mind, in my like heart's mind, my mind's heart or whatever, that there's a certain stillness and receptivity to Mary that is for the benefit of the whole world. 
And I feel like in this story, they skip over the part that matters probably more than anything else. Like, this is beautiful that this, you know, Jesus is being born and that God is doing this thing that is cosmic and for everyone. And something is planted in her and she has to sort of nourish it and make room for it. We've talked about this like in episode two or three or something of this podcast. I talked about this because it was the same time last year, but it's not simply for her. It's for the whole universe. Like it's for the whole world. Every person every ever born, it's for them. And so it's this receptivity that is for everybody. Uh, there's a lot on the line there. And it's sort of like she has this moment where she has a decision or she's like chosen because of her stillness, maybe her receptivity. You will take part in this thing. It will be for you. It will transform you. And it's going to change the entire world. And she says, may it be true. Okay. And she opens herself to this really weird news you know that just couldn't she couldn't possibly have a category for this without having a receptivity to something that she could never explain uh we wouldn't be who we are without mary being who she is in my humble opinion um the, oh yes this is what i was saying the thing that skipped over and I think this is actually the most haunting part of the story. It's not even in, written into the story, but in my mind, I can't ignore it. I'm thinking to myself, this would be so troubling on every level because think about how much she must have felt. How on earth am I going to explain this? It's not written into the story. She doesn't say it in the story. Instead, she is like, you know, saying very few words. She's very still. She says very few words. And all of them are very receptive, a very receptive posture. But I can't imagine she wasn't thinking, how on earth am I going to explain this? She's only engaged. She's not married. This is like ancient Middle East. Um, it was a total disgrace on you and everyone around you if you were pregnant without married being married and joseph must have been confused about that since they hadn't had sex and um you know her family how am i going to explain this to my family Teen you know it's just it's just there's a lot to explain to people who really aren't very receptive and here she is choosing to be receptive actively opening her body her mind, her heart, her spirit to this thing she couldn't possibly have a category for. So here's my invitation to you this week. Like Mary, what is it that if you were to become open to and receptive to it could totally transform you. I know that's hard to sort of conceptualize. Like, what is this amorphous thing that's trying to transform you? Is there something in your life that maybe 
maybe you've even said no to it in the past because you're thinking to yourself, I don't have a category for this and I can't explain it and it's going to be such hard work to explain it. I'm just not going to bother. It's just not worth the effort. Um, maybe there's something like that and you sort of like neglected it because it just didn't feel worth having to explain. But here's the thing. What if that thing could be so transformative? How amazing would that be? So, um, and maybe you've already done this. Maybe you have opened yourself to something incredibly hard and you've had to explain it and you found it was totally worth it. So that's my invitation to you. Think about that and uh, be encouraged where you've already done it and op maybe open yourself just a little crack more to the things that are still being asked of you, even if you don't have a category for it. My blessing to you this week, my friends, is this. May you find so much life in your willingness to say yes to something that you don't have a category for. And I'm walking with you, and I can almost guarantee this is worth it from my experience. So even in this darkness, keep believing no category doesn't mean it's bad. And keep opening yourself up. It's worth it. Take great care of yourselves, and I'll see you next week, hopefully on time. <laughs> see you soon.